Hi there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five points of journalism. Who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. You're listening to episode 35, where we chat with Elle. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. So, Elle, who are you? That's a good question. So, I am Elle, and I guess I consider myself bi, just because when I was growing up, that was the terminology for it, but it's not restrictive. Sure. Any other uh, poly identity or? Um, okay, so I don't necessarily consider myself poly. Okay. Um, I think it would be more ethical non-monogamy. Sure. But again, poly wasn't around. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a new term for me. Mm-hmm. So actually, I want to follow up on that if it's okay. What do you mean when you say ethical non-monogamy? Ethical non-monogamy is being honest and straightforward with any relationship you're in. And honesty is my number one policy. I have been in relationships where I have been a cheater and I have been cheated on. So I would rather not have that situation arise. So um, being upfront about things is so much better. That makes sense. What drew you to ethical non-monogamy? Yikes. I had probably about a 10-year period where I was celibate. And um, it was because something traumatic happened And in that time afterwards, I decided to start dating again. And before I even met anyone that I was talking to, I wanted to let them know that I was interested in many different genders. So I guess I needed that door open before I could delve into a relationship. So I guess that makes sense. So we already kind of went over what you, what, ethical non-monogamy means to you, but what do you find difficult about ethical non-monogamy or or the poly lifestyle or community? Is there anything you find particularly difficult about it? I do. Mm -hmm. I know everyone says scheduling. Um, (laughs) My partner happens to be um, monogamous. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, um, there are two other people involved in his life. So um, even though he's monogamous, scheduling is still an issue. Sure. Um, but since I am pretty shy most of the time, I find actually meeting people is probably the hardest hurdle for me. Absolutely. You consider yourself an introvert? I do, yes. Yeah. I need a lot of time to recharge by myself. Sure. Actually, I feel like that's pretty popular in the poly community or uh, ethical non-monogamy in general. There are significantly more introverts than I think people assume. I think a lot of people see like a stereotype of polyamorous person as like this, I don't know, party going like, I don't know, five girlfriends kind of guy or something. And then the realistic depiction is usually more of like a introverted, I don't know, book nerd or something. (laughs) Board games. Board game playing. (laughs) Yeah. Person. Yeah. (laughs) 
which I guess does involve other people, but usually not in very large numbers. And like a very quiet kind of, yeah, yeah small, <laughs> nicer, small, small circles, area. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you talked a little bit about um, knowing you were poly when you came back into wanting to date after almost a decade of um, of not dating, of being celibate. Correct, yes. Um, so that kind of answers our usual question of when did you know is there any more to the story that you'd like to share or be willing to share? So I kind of grew up in a pretty religious background. You know, that seems to be sort of the norm. Um, so to be honest, I didn't even know that being queer or being attracted to any gender other than the opposite gender mm-hmm. was an option. Um, but... I was always attracted to people, so maybe I always knew, but at the same time I didn't know it was an option, so I didn't really think about it. I didn't Mm -hmm. think it was weird or different, but I just didn't act on it because I didn't know it was an option. Yeah, I think similarly, I was always attracted to lots of different uh, like actors and musicians and things like that of varying genders and people along the queer and straight and whatever spectrum. Um, but then I was like, well, but they're actors. It's almost like they're a fantasy character. Like I'm like, Angela right. Jolie is not real. real. Yeah, <laughs> Hugh Jackman's not a real person. You know, they're just like an idea. You know, so I never really thought about it too much when I was, you know, 14 of being like, oh, that might be an indication that you're attracted to more than just. Uh, the opposite gender or whatever. So yeah, that's that's. I think I I grew up very similarly. I didn't really know about bisexual as a term until at least high school. Oh. Well, I yeah, really, same. I really related to the part where you were talking about you had this long period of being celibate, and then we're like, okay, I know I don't want to be in a traditional monogamous relationship immediately, but you know, I want to date in this yeah I wanted to experience everything because I have crushes on everyone I crush (laughs) really hard Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean I want a relationship with them but I fall hard Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. lots of people so I'm clearly I'm attracted to all genders (laughs) well and I had been in a sexless marriage for a number of years and when I left I also, like, I didn't really think of myself as poly, but I knew that I did not want to be monogamous, at least at that point in life. And every time I would go out with somebody, it was sort of one of the leading conversations of, like, I am actively dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, yeah, upfront about it. Um, yeah. I had a situation where I, I was in a relationship and I was strictly monogamous. And I lost that person, and that person was my everything. Mm -hmm. And so Mm. thereafter, I learned that you can't do that. Um, It just rips you apart. And so now I like that in poly you can have this person not fulfill, but complement this need or this curiosity. So... I mean, right. Your different aspects can exactly. meet up with other different Meld. people. Yeah. So that's what I like. So where are you in your poly journey? Or ethical non-monogamy journey? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm still at the beginning, towards the end of the beginning, but I'm still at the beginning. <laughs> um, like I said, I find meeting people the hardest 
So my experience isn't huge, but I do have um, people that I talk to and um, I've had these people in my life for a really long time. So I consider them relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is there anywhere that you hope to go or that you are sort of, you know, do you have, do you have any poly or ethical non-monogamy aspirations? I do. Um, I am pretty inclined to believe that my polysaturation level is pretty low. I think I would be happy with like two people in my life. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it might be different, but yeah. But I mean, you have a, you probably have a pretty good instinct. About mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think you are ethically non-monogamous? Because I am attracted to everyone and I want to have as many experiences as I possibly can. Sure. And my partner at the time, or currently, is for that, kind of. <laughs> He's working through his issues, so. Why did you agree to be interviewed? Because I've been listening to your guys' podcast and I enjoy it. Nice. And I thought, why not? Cool. Very cool. And you're visiting, right? You're, I am visiting, yes. Yeah, so yes. that's awesome, too. I kind of like that um, you're not from uh, the Midwest, and you're visiting for a very short time period, right? Only yeah, a, just the weekend. Just the weekend. Mm -hmm. Wow. And we get and to we interview you, yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, All right, we'll be right back. The Toolshed is a mission-driven, education-based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body-safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, the Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, the Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019, P-O-L-Y-2019, at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. 
So the topic that you had decided on today, and we kind of already touched on a little bit, was monopoly relationships or monoethically non-monogamous open relationships. And uh, so we and we've actually found that to be something we haven't really talked a lot about here on the podcast. So we're really excited. Um, how did you find yourself in an kind of mono open relationship? Well, like I said before, I agreed to be in a relationship. I made sure everyone knew that I was possibly interested in having more than one partner. And when I met my current partner, I um, explained the situation. And initially the response was like, hey, yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm not jealous. And I took a step back because I, I, I told my partner, I was like, I really need you to think about what I said. I'm like, I know you think you're okay with it. Um, make sure think about it for a week come back to me with your answer Mm -hmm. and it was still the same answer but he thought about it and so that's kind of how I got started but I really and it's been 100% perfect smooth sailing since then (laughs) yeah it really has (laughs) no it's not um so my partner is male Mm -hmm. um and he has fears and issues with my having male partners so it's not exactly a one penis policy and even if we were to say that it was mm-hmm. it would be more my role than his because mm-hmm. uh, my safety comes first mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. always my safety For comes sure. first even sure. in my relationship with my partner right now my yeah. safety comes first absolutely so um yeah so so he's really excited about females of course <laughs> most males are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um how does your partner identify? He, uh, he, and him. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and also heterosexual. Completely, mm-hmm. completely, completely uh, straight, totally monogamous. Um, been Sis, married yeah. several times. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, serially monogamous. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and that was initially one of my fears when we first started dating. I was like, mm, am I going to get into a relationship with you and you're going to ask me to marry you right away? Because mm. it's not what I want. Sure. So it sounds like there was probably some negotiation after this initial first week of go think about it. Just from the way that you're talking about it. There was some negotiation. Um, just It's just been kind of like an ongoing discussion. We've been together now for five years. Oh, okay. And I tend to do kind of like a six-month checkup. Mm-hmm. And uh, more often than not, it's for myself rather than for my partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's very firm on feeling that he's monogamous, which is fine. I, I totally love him for who he is. But I don't feel like I'm that way anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so we do check-ins and we have conversations, so... It's not a new thing. No, but, I mean, could you tell us a little bit more? Like, so if we have listeners who are maybe trying to imagine how this would work in their lives, can you kind of paint us a little bit of a picture of how that kind of conversation Oh, wow. Okay, so it wasn't really a conversation. It was kind of a, um, here's my story, and um, I don't want you to just kind of react think about it and come back to me and since then it's been a discussion like are we exclusive what are we doing are you interested in someone like I'll tell him if I'm going on a date 
and um, depending on the mood, he wants to hear about it or he doesn't want to hear about it. How's that for you? When, like, that he maybe sometimes doesn't want to hear about it, or... It's fine. I understand that, um, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of a private person, so if I don't want necessarily to hear the answer to a question, I may not ask it. Mm -hmm. And, um, maybe later if he wants to discuss it, then I'm fine with that, too. So, it's, I mean, it's really not like a don't ask, don't tell situation, because if he does ask, I will tell him. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm not trying to shove it in his face either. Mm-hmm. Has he met your other partners or other people you've had whatever kind of? No. My two other partners that I have are actually, they're not long distance, but they're kind of, one of them is in the same town as I am, but we do more like text Mm-hmm. And um, so he hasn't met that person. And the other one is fully poly and enjoys themselves. And we just hook up whenever we can. So mm-hmm. I guess he's like a comet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. But in my neighborhood. Oh, okay. So are there any struggles that you've experienced that you think are unique to a monopoly relationship? Um, I think the biggest one would be my partner's hesitation with my being attracted to males Mm -hmm. um but I don't keep that from him like I'll tell him if I have a a new crush um so as long as the communication is open then I'm taking it at his pace if that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. but I'm not trying to adjust myself for my partner fair that seems like a challenging <laughs> tightrope to walk sometimes. It can be, yeah. It definitely can be. But uh, for the most part, I feel like I'm the perfect person to walk that tightrope. <laughs> Just because I'm, um, more, I don't know, I guess in like, um, we guess I mean, would call it a switch. Or I'm like, verse. So I tend to compliment whoever... I'm in a relationship with now they tend to compliment me too but I I don't mind taking it slow sure in fact I prefer it so it's been a nice journey and like I said still the beginning so we'll see where it goes yeah yeah so how does your partner communicate these concerns to you or the hesitancy I, I can't remember quite what the word you used was but his, his whatever level of discomfort with you possibly seeing other men. We talk about it. Yeah, we talk about everything. So you say, I have a crush on so-and-so, and... And he says, that's great. I think it's fabulous that you have a crush on so-and-so. Are you going to do something to pursue it? And um, nine times out of ten, if it's just a crush... No, I'm just going to enjoy looking mm-hmm. or imagining fantasy is free. Right. <laughs> but I, I also don't have issues with cuddling or making out. Mm-hmm. And he's okay with that. So, yeah, he, he straight up tells me he's when he's uncomfortable. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So it's mostly like a, a discomfort with the idea, but he has the ability to get over it. I imagine you've you've had um, 
partners who are men and he's worked through it or it hasn't been an issue yet? I haven't. It hasn't been an issue yet. I haven't had partners with men that I have had um, more sexual relationship with. Mm, sure. More like dates or cuddling or hanging out, going to dinner. Um, and he's okay with that. So it's like so. baby steps maybe? Into yes, like... very much baby steps. Okay. But um, he's coming around. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And I don't want to change him. He, We've talked about it. I've told him that I'm more than open for him to date other people but he's just not comfortable with it sure and, yeah and i think it's great like that he thinks that i'm the one but um i just can't be the one for anyone right i have to be like i don't know condiments <laughs> I'm, I'm helping you out i'm yeah. making you tastier but um i can't be your entire dish yeah <laughs> that is really interesting dynamic so how is the experience for you when you are, you know, maybe having these sort of cuddling-y, going out to dinner, hanging out-y kind of relationships that your partner is comfortable with? Like, do, do you ever feel like, I would like more out of this? Of course. Yes. I do. I do feel like I would like more out of it. But um, at the same time, I feel like the romantic and the intimacy and the emotions are kind of what I really need. Like that feeds my soul mm-hmm. and I'm okay with not going further for his comfort. I mean, that may not be the case forever, mm-hmm. but it works for now. Yeah. Well, that's all you can really hope for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are any benefits that are unique to a monopoly relationship or monoethically non-monogamous? <laughs> oh, I'm not really sure. Um, I know that, I don't know if there are benefits. I, I feel comfortable in it, but... Um, what would you say to somebody who was maybe four and a half years ago in a similar situation to you? I would say tell people what you want because it's important. Nobody reads your mind and um, talk about things. Always talk about things. You can always come back to them um, even if you need to take time. Even if it's like three weeks later, you'd be like, hey, remember that conversation we had? Have some new feelings on it. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would necessarily recommend that people who feel poly or ethically non-monogamous to jump into a relationship with someone who's strictly monogamous but it it's working i like it mm-hmm. when you uh date other people do you generally seek out other poly people or are you okay with dating other monogamous people I actually don't really know that many poly people. Sure. Um, and I am aware that there is a huge uh, community where I'm from. Okay. But I am not part of any of the poly groups. Um, I'm just meeting people. So whether they're poly or not, it's not an issue to me. Okay. It would be nice to meet mm-hmm. some more where I'm from. But mm-hmm. um, again, I'm shy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's really hard for me to get out of my shell and go to, I don't know, meetups or groups, things like that. How do you meet people? Mostly online? 
mostly online and um I tend to be the DD for my core group of friends. Mm -hmm. And so while they're enjoying themselves, <laughs> I get a chance to uh, talk to one or two people. Usually I'm kind of in the corner, just sort of wallflowering it. And um, someone will come up to me and, and just start a genuine conversation. And uh, for me, a genuine conversation is connection. Mm -hmm. So if something happens from there, then I'm excited. Out at a bar, like a like a real person. That's like yeah, I know. So 90s. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm old. I know. I don't look it. But I know, so. Oh, I just I've never met someone at a bar. I can't I can't say that I have. I've I've been hit on at a bar, but I've never been like, yeah, I should we should exchange numbers. And it seems so foreign to me. And just absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. And these people are generally also the other people who are TDs. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, it, it's hard to have a genuine conversation with someone who is enjoying themselves and drunk. <laughs> right. Uh, and they're not, you know, yeah. slurring all over you, trying mm -hmm. to. Right. One drink in, pick sure. You up. Mm -hmm. Many drinks in, not so much. Yeah. So. It's not that I don't drink. It's just right. I have control issues, and I need to make sure everyone gets home safely. Mm -hmm. So you did good. say safety first. Yes, <laughs> safety first, <laughs> always. So. so, and you might not have the answer to this because obviously your partner is not here. But uh, some of the issues that a lot of the like poly group communities have with the one penis policy, even if that's not what you actually uh, would say that you guys have, is that there are kind of like ethical dilemmas when it comes to trans folks mm -hmm. and um as you said you're like uh attracted to folks of all genders and stuff do yes. you think your partner would have issue with you dating a trans man or a trans woman or do you think they, they've ever actually thought about that i don't actually think he's ever ever actually thought about that mm -hmm. i probably think it would make him uncomfortable but um, I think he might be more okay with a trans person than with a cis hetero male. Sure. Interesting. And I, I'm not entirely sure why I think that, but I do feel like he would be more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no direct comparison. And even though I think most of us who date multiple people aren't making direct comparisons, yeah. it seems like the fear is being compared to and not measuring up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not really fair to compare anyone. Yeah. And without your partner being here, we can't ever necessarily right. talk for them. But that that has been something that I've brought up with people who are like, in Facebook groups or something and who say, oh, there's only one penis in this relationship. And I was like, well, you know, do you mean men? Is that what you mean? Because not all men have penises and not all, um, you know, women have vaginas. So are you saying one genital, uh, like literally uh, policy or do you, and what is your problem with penises? <laughs> you know, um, I, I think the big problem is they're afraid of being replaced. Like you're going to meet someone who is a better dancer and <laughs> you're not going to want to dance with them anymore. Like I said, baby steps. Mm -hmm. I love right. him. Mm -hmm. He loves me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think that a lot of the people that have that um, like mentality Maybe they've never thought about trans issues before, ever, right? Like, right, You don't exactly. know until you yeah. know. So um, 
And, and I think when it comes to these like Facebook groups, a lot of people get piled on with, you know, comments and, and people who are angry at them for having a kind of policies that restrict their partners. And that's fair and not fair. Right. Cause mm-hmm. again, you don't know until you know. Right. Um, and everyone is new to this. At you, some you start time somewhere. In their life. Exactly. Yeah. You have to start somewhere. I think it's nice to come at those people with a little bit more patience because essentially I think that if you come at them with anger and rage, like, Hey, what you're doing is X, Y, and Z and you should change the ultimate thing that happens is they close their relationship up you know like okay well fuck this i'm not gonna deal with it anymore and and if people in that couple are legitimately poly that's not the answer right it and then and then where does that go cheating like you know what happens then exactly so i always like to try to give people a little bit of a here's some resources if you want you know maybe think about it a little bit more maybe continue to have conversations um, the one penis policy can is definitely flawed because because of trans people exist, right? Well, and so, because it does, and, and because it's trying to be a little controlling, and, exactly, and mm-hmm. it's controlling yeah. of your partner, and right. and and I think that or a lot controlling, right? Yeah. Who your partner is, yeah. And I think that the more that people think about it, hopefully, the the easier those revelations come, because I think when if you were to tell like a cis straight guy, oh, you can only have a penis either. They'd be like, that's ridiculous. And it's like, yeah, it is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop <Exactly>. doing it. <laughs> uh, um, but because I think also lesbian relationships are not threatening, right? They, they're exactly. like, I'm not being replaced. Exactly. So therefore it's not threatening. Which and is also do have such a cultural titillation yes, of that, yeah. you know, the sort of Maybe I'll be invited. Fantasy, right. Yeah. Or that, I mean, I guess, uh, ostensibly straight guy, you know. Right. But. Yeah. Yes. So there's the fantasy of a lesbian relationship and the potential that it becomes a threesome that makes it even, not even threatening, but also inviting or like, oh, maybe I should encourage this. But I think that saying that lesbian relationships aren't kind of like, it's kind of like saying they're not valid, right? They're not a threat to me because they're they're not valid. Right. Mm -hmm. And that also rubs me the wrong way because, you know, it's like well what about this relationship doesn't threaten you and what about this relationship does and and why you know let's delve into that right and, discuss it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and feelings are valid right yeah. i mean even, exactly even if you don't agree with how someone's feeling they're valid so right and in the context of a relationship you take the other person's feelings seriously and you take them into account you may or may not make decisions based on them exactly but they're part of what goes into your decision making right and that's not wrong yeah. you know like that's con- right. that's consideration mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you said like your boundaries right now might not be dating uh other cis men either so as long as it's kind of like in line with what you're comfortable with right. too exactly you know. if it was more of an issue then there would be more discussion or maybe we wouldn't be together right but like i said my safety comes first mm-hmm. so and it it takes me a long time to become in, um sexually intimate with people i like the dating aspect mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. cuddles yeah well i mean if that's what's working for you mm-hmm. then way to go yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. But I mean, um, like I said, it's more my role than his. And if I didn't feel comfortable with it, we would either have a discussion about it or we could go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that can be really difficult for folks trying to find um, advice when it comes to monopoly relationships because one piece of advice is you could leave the relationship and that's something no one wants to hear right especially if you're in love with the person especially if you have invested time and energy maybe have kids you know there's so many barriers to that not being a good option right and it is always an option of course for everyone if you feel you're you know being suffocated in a relationship or if you feel being abused or mistreated or or, or you just whatever the case may know be. No, you can't get over it. Mm-hmm. If you can't live your true life and and be happy, of course it's an option, right? It should be an option for everyone. But it's so much easier said than done. Right. Um, it's an extremely painful option. A hundred percent, yeah. So I, I don't like to... There's the, you know, Dan Savage, um, dump the motherfucker already acronym right. that gets thrown around so much. And it's... And I... I really hate doing that. I, I'll feel it. I'll be like, how can you be in this relationship? Please get out. Please get out. But I won't say it because I'm just like, I know how hard it is. I've grown up with my mother being in one abusive relationship after another. And I understand because I, I've seen it firsthand. It is so difficult to get out when you are dependent, financially dependent on someone or when you live in the same house or when you lose your job and you no longer have insurance and are disabled or whatever the case may be. There's so many things that can happen and you feel like you have no, no recourse. Yeah. yeah, No, no options. Fortunately, I believe that there are programs to help, you know, but those are also how many people have access to those, you know, and how many people Mm -hmm. have the privilege to even know whether they exist. Exactly. That's a big thing. Yeah. A lot of people don't know they exist. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, that was just a total tangent, but I know that like the, the option of leaving a partner is, is so hard. It's an extreme extreme. answer. Like there may be circumstances where that is the obvious answer, but it's, it's pretty extreme. There are plenty of circumstances where that is but one of many possible options. Right. But. Those are the two and black the, and whites. Right, yeah. Right. And the best option would be hopefully that you could communicate with your partner and that things could over time change. Right. right? And that's, of course, best possible outcome. Best possible right. Possible. But but it always depends on the people. And some people are just not willing to communicate. And that can be I feel like that's probably one of the leading causes of all relationships ending in the world is oh they Poor just cannot communicate. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. So I also have a partner who is monogamous and they're long distance. So it's not as much of a issue in my day-to-day life, but it's definitely a topic that has been stressful. Okay. You know, it's a difficult thing sometimes to kind of figure out like, okay, the way that we love each other is not completely on the same page. Like we love each other. Yeah. We're committed to the relationship and figuring out how to navigate that right isn't always easy kind of on that i wanted to circle back oh, uh, to another reason why i'm poly <laughs> yeah is please are ethically non-monogamous whatever i do not have a single <laughs> monogamous success story like <laughs> any of my 
friends, family. Um, and I think quite young, I sort of realized that um, one person for the rest of your life doesn't necessarily always work. Mm -hmm. There may be one person for your life uh, for several years in your life, and then maybe there's no one, or maybe you meet someone right away. Um, but why not try everything along the way? See what yeah. you like. Explore mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Makes I sense. I also think that if the option of an a failing relationship, if you want to use the words failing and success, but a, a relationship that's not working for you, if that option is dump them and leave, you're leaving a person who doesn't know how to fix that, right? Like, and, and it's not anyone's responsibility to fix another person. I am unfortunately horrible at this. That's like my first thing. I, I always want to be like, how can I fix you? Okay, here's all the things that are broken about you. Let's work on it. And that's a problem. And I know it, I realize it. But um, so, so but but I do think that there's this like, this problem, quote unquote problem, I guess, um, where instead of trying to resolve an issue that someone might have, you know, even something as, as common as severe jealousy and possessiveness, if I were to just have a partner who had um, severe jealousy problems and been like, okay, fuck this, bye, which is totally in my right to do, that, problem's, that problem still exists. And they will continue to go on and have another relationship with somebody with severe jealousy and, and you know, possessiveness issues. Or I could potentially help them try to work through those issues. And again, not my responsibility, but I always try to take that on because I'm me, you know. <laughs> but, well, and I think in for anyone, the context matters. You know, mm -hmm. if this emerges on date two, then <laughs> right. probably there's not, not going to be a date three. Point. Yeah, but no point. if it, kind of run. you yeah. know, your life circumstances change it or in some way and it becomes an issue further down the road, you're invested emotionally and maybe financially in all kinds of other ways too then your motivations are really different to try yeah. to help work through it, even if you think the relationship may not be lasting for much longer. Right. Yeah, I know with um, an ex of mine, they, they used to say some pretty problematic things about, you know, just like privilege. Like they didn't understand white privilege. And before, and this was like 10 years ago, before it was a really common thing to say, um, it was hard for me to even find the words to explain to them why growing up poor doesn't mean you don't have white privilege anymore or something like that right, right. and um but now 10 years later they absolutely know what it is and i'll see them posting about it on facebook and see them posting really awesome articles and i'm like okay so at the very least maybe 10 years ago when we had this conversation i planted a seed mm -hmm. and they thought about it and thought and, and they were angry at the time because i'm and they were defensive at the time right because i'm calling them out on something that they did or said but it planted a seed of maybe something I said is problematic or maybe some action or behavior I have is problematic. And they thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. We eventually broke up. <laughs> they continued to think about it. And now they get it, you know. And and I think that that's all you can do, really, is hope that you're planting seeds for a better future. Right, I people. totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I, mm -hmm. I'm not a fixer, per se. <laughs> um, I'm more of, like I said, a nurturer. <laughs> So um, if I see a problem, I will try to help you help yourself figure it out. Sure. Um, but in, like I said, I don't mind going at other people's paces mm -hmm. as long as it's in line with my own feelings. Sure. Yeah.
And oh, and we all evolve all the time. We're Absolutely. constantly different. Right. I am completely different than I was five years ago. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm in such a different place in my life that things are different. Everything is different. I had mm-hmm. a kid. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. That Everything is thing. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that there are a lot of poly folks out there who kind of just nix the idea 100%. Um, I would say maybe don't do that. Maybe be open. Uh, if you're not ready for a challenge or <laughs> challenge might not be the word for it, but um, if you're not ready to work for it, then maybe, yeah, don't bother. But don't nix it completely. I mean, there's some great monogamous people out there. <laughs> Yeah, I tend to think of it in terms of bandwidth. Like yes. I have the capacity to do X amount of things in life and I have X amount of emotional energy and maybe a, a new relationship with a person dealing with these issues is or is not going to be something that fits into my current available emotional bandwidth. Right, exactly. I agree. And I think that, that I, I don't know if it was, I think it's Cunning Minx, but it might also be another sexual educator, maybe Reed Mahalko, who says um, something similar to, like, date within your species. They specifically are like, yeah, don't don't bother with monogamous people because you're just going to set yourself up for failure. And that's one opinion, right? Uh, especially probably someone who's been hurt a lot by many relationships that maybe didn't work out. Uh, but I agree that, like, I often date polyamorous people because I feel like there is a uh, a learning curve that I want to skip, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I often will even say that I don't want to date new polyamorous people because that learning curve is still there. I end up doing that all the time, but um, but I think it for me there are a couple check marks, you know, that I I'm like, okay, so can I have uh, at least a friendship with your partner because. It's not uh, necessary for me, but it's like an added bonus. Right. And if they are going to be super shitty to me, I don't I don't think that there's going to be a future here. Mm-hmm. Now, if they don't have a partner, then I don't really have to worry about it, right? Or if I'm already friends with their partner, bonus. Like, <laughs> I don't even have to worry about it. So so there are a couple things that I, that I have had problems with in the past, right? Like having really negative relationships with metamors that have then negatively affected the relationship that I kind of am cautious about. Right. So I, 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 I uh, kind of tread softly there. But if I find that the person that is like my potential metamor is super encouraging of the relationship, I'm like, awesome. All right, mm-hmm. cool. We're good. Can, I can continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if I find that they're really standoffish and I'm like, okay, well, how about no relationship with my metamor? <laughs> <laughs> and we just forget that that happened and we just uh, continue or stop entirely because I don't know if it's going to work out. But I definitely am not totally on the Connie Minks page of like date within your species only because I do feel like the poly community is only so big and it's already very incestuous. You know, what? everyone is dating everyone because right. it's such a small community. Yeah. And I've been in this community now for 10 plus years. I know everyone, and unless I do want to just date all the people I already know, which is something, right? right. It's, it's a possibility. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you do want that. <laughs> yeah. Then I have to branch out, right? If you if you don't want to date all of your friends, which again, nothing wrong with that, but if you don't only want to date your friends, you kind of have to branch out, and sometimes that means what we like to call in the community pollinating, <laughs> dating monogamous people, maybe making them poly. 
bringing them to the dark side. <laughs> well, and I think what came to mind thinking about what you said, um, L, about not ruling it out and conversations, that, this conversation and others that we've had, um, Lindsay, part of it is maybe how you meet people. Like if you are meeting people in a kind of organic way, then you're making that connection with them and you're not screening out based on your opinions of what you think you want in a relationship. Right, your preconceived notions. Right. Whereas if you're dating online, you're already applying whatever filters to people you're applying. And so it's a different dynamic of using this as a screening of I feel it's improbable that this will work if they are not also poly or at least if they are not in an open relationship or ethically non-monogamous. I feel like that's a different thing to make that decision it in is the online dating different. world yeah. than it is when you're having organically meeting people. Right. Like, oh, forget it. In oh. real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connections <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know I'm guilty of it myself of, of putting filters on OkCupid of I will only see people who are either non-monogamous or open to a non-monogamous relationship because OkCupid has those abilities to, like, tag your profile in in such a way. Monogamous people rarely come up, and they, they do occasionally, and I'll look at their profile and be like, all right, well, mm, this is probably not going to work out, you know, <laughs> or whatever the case may be. Especially if they're like first line, it's like I'm looking for a wife. I'm like, oh well, sorry. <laughs> you found a wife, nope. but I'm not available to date you. <laughs> I'm not yours. <laughs> nope. Um, I I do think my particular monopoly game—that's what I've decided to start calling it—is um, a little different because there are two X's in the picture, and so even though my partner is not involved with them. They're still in, in our relationship. relationship. Yeah, it, they're not involved in a romantic relationship. There's still a relationship there. And so I could be one of those people who's like, nope, sorry, you've been married. I don't want you. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, yeah. Your exes are still in your life, and I don't want to deal with that. But I, I don't feel that way. I just feel like he has his own different version of Polly. Because mm-hmm. he does have relationships with these people. They're the mother of his children. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has to deal with them on a regular basis. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah, you're monogamous with me, but you still have other relationships. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. And if you look at, I mean, if you look at relationships in a kind of more relationship anarchy way. Right. Um, friendships are exactly. relationships. Mm-hmm. And um co-workers i guess could be you know a form of relationship right. and so and children and are a form of relationship family absolutely family relationship. is mm-hmm. yeah. and so if you're trying to schedule around all of these things it's not so different than scheduling around three partners right. if you have a partner and two kids in that know. case everyone's poly yeah. <laughs> everyone has more than one relationship unless you are a hermit in the right. mountains mm-hmm. yeah. and then maybe you just have a relationship with your rock or <laughs> yourself. Still, yeah. You still have one of those. You yeah. still have a relationship with yourself that you have to take care of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I think we have gone over all of the things that I had uh, questions about. Yeah. I don't okay. have any additional questions either. Cool. Seems like we've covered a pretty wide range of the <laughs> topic of struggles. monopoly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, great. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy your the rest of your trip here. Although Thanks. you're probably leaving soon, right? Is it um, later today? No. No. Oh, okay. That's good. good. Not yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Enjoy Not the rest today, of your so. weekend in the Midwest. It actually is a nice. It's surprisingly nice weather for what we have been right. having. So you you lucked out. It was like 40 degrees. Like whoa. 
Ooh, shorts weather. <laughs> like after having 10 degree days the past couple of weeks, it's been right. like, yeah, November, oh my God, 40 degrees. It's, it's like springtime. We, from, oh my we gosh. went from July to January and we skipped completely <laughs> yeah. over fall. We did not get fall, so... So you got you you came here on a nice weekend. It seems like it's actually fall. Oh yeah, no, except for the snow. It's nice, (laughs) and it's much better when you're just visiting it. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) right, right. Like I have told everyone here, I don't, I, I love snow as long as I'm not digging out a car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, well, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot. And that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank podcast husband Rob for being our sound engineer. And thank you, Lindsay, for editing this podcast so that we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com if you have a listener question or a comment. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time contribution, we've set up a PayPal link to make it super easy. Thank you for your support in any amount at paypal.me slash polyamoryuncensored. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye.